Hey, hey there, folks. Welcome back. It's the Unicast, episode 133. And this week, we are joined by my longtime friend, Gavin Law, finally on the show. I don't know why it took so long for him to get here. Uh, also this week, we're going to talk about the Golden Globes. We're going to talk about Michael Wolff's explosive new book. We're going to talk about net neutrality. Uh, we're going to talk about the circus, Sly Stallone, uh, the Buffalo Bills, cuffing season, all that, much, much more. Folks, we're so happy to have you back. Oh, yeah. take your word for it. If you want me to be harsher on you about being louder. I can't, I couldn't hear myself last time. This is, it's only a small studio, Mike. We don't have professional high-level equipment in here all the time. <laughs> no this display. Is, uh, so, Heather, I gotta ask you a question. You were saying this when you came in. on the. Uh, oh. You think your car is going to be stuck. I'm pretty sure you guys are gonna push me out of the road. Right, because even though it's road. like, it's not as cold out as no. it's been, certainly. But it's kind of crummy out there for driving. It's terrible. Your road is terrible. Yes. I, I live in Utica, and there are not roads as bad. I don't think they forgot about this We're street. a weird side street. We never get the plows. I know, but you're on a hill. And plows don't care about us. Oh, well, they need to. I'm, I'm stuck. So let me ask you. Okay, so I have a question. I thought about this today because I saw a lot of cars today, a lot of trucks with the plows on the front of their truck, right? <laughs> right. If you own, and maybe anyone who does own one of these can let me know how the, the logistics are. If you own a truck that's got a plow on it, mm-hmm. can you just put that thing down? And plow the streets? I don't think it's legal. I don't think that's legal, right? I think... Like, if a guy... Yeah, if a guy on this street had a plow on his truck, he can't just do our street because he's being friendly, right? I don't think he can. He... I, I feel like they could probably get away with it. I don't think they would want to. Right. Um, I don't think there's any benefit. I mean, you'd be a nice guy, but, like, clearing out the whole street and don't have a place to put it. Like, if there was a guy who lived on the street and wanted to clear out, like, that really bad part near the turn and just bump some snow out, they could probably. Yeah. But no, I don't think you're supposed to. I think you could probably get ticketed okay. for it. Okay. I don't think it's the type of thing where somebody would, like, call the police, but the police would eventually come tell you to knock it off and probably give you a ticket. Maybe. That's fair. <laughs> Maybe yeah. <laughs> I feel like it'd be t- it's tough if you're a cop to be like, hey, you, I'm going to give you a ticket for doing this good deed for your neighbors in the community. Well, because it's not always yeah, necessarily yeah. a good deed. Like, you're out there and it makes dangerous conditions for other right, drivers. Right, like, right, you're right, not yeah. sanctioned to do it. And furthermore, you're not covered to do that kind of work. Yeah. So the city becomes liable and you have no liability protection if you're out there. Heather, you're back. It's nice to see you. I hope, Hi. How was your weekend? Good. Did you go hiking? No, it was too cold for hiking or I mountain do climbing? This weekend. I didn't do anything really fun like that. Oh. Is it nice? Was it good that you didn't do anything? No, it was nice. Yeah. I had to do like a couple other things, but nothing nothing crazy. No it was skiing. too cold all weekend. It was weekend. freezing. It was I way too cold. Nobody was doing anything. Where we were skiing, it was negative 21, so I wasn't, I wasn't interested. Horrible. No thanks. Nope. Uh, Kevin, we're going to play a game. Are uh, we? Yeah, I always feel like I, I don't do enough content for Heather. So, um, I went through your, some of your she recent... She seems really excited. I know, I went through some of, uh, Heather's a good Twitter follow. I don't know if you, you're not on Twitter very much. So this is a new segment for Heather <laughs> called Defend Your Tweets. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna have Heather defend some of these tweets that I want to talk to her about. Oh, this is great. So oh, yeah. you gotta give me a heads up next time so I can prosecute these tweets. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so one, and I'm gonna let you, you, you seem to have some issue, Heather, earlier today with elaborate birthday cakes by parents, like yeah. other
other parents. What is your issue? Parents are out of control. I'm with you. It's too much. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody knows it's for you and not that kid. We see you. That's what it is. And I'm like, this mom built one. It was like a a robot cake, and it had it, it had little. I don't know, lights. I was just crazy. And I'm like, how am I supposed to keep up with this? Like, I just was going to make Kaz's second birthday cake, a chocolate cake with some sprinkles and the number two on there. And does he going to expect me as he gets older to have... No, absolutely like a, not. Yeah. Those are going to be the kid. No, uh, no. This mom, no they way. need to stop. They need to stop this to me. They're driving me crazy. I went on a tangent over the holidays with my sisters and brothers-in-law about the elf on the shelf oh. and how it's He's not uh, getting, that's not it's happening. the worst like additional christmas thing that's been added on for parents in like 20 years it's horrible like it's it's so much worse than everything it's else the parents made it horrible yes yeah and everyone right. bought into it um yeah just don't buy into these things no i'm not i'm just like i I follow a lot of uh, Jiffy Giffy recipes on mm-hmm. on Reddit, and I see a lot of these people doing like the marble, like the the sheer glazed cakes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? They had like the galaxies on them, like yeah. the yeah. those are pretty wild. Like that's an, another level of. Here's baking. my thing: if you want to get like a wild cake for your kid and they're like seven, cool, because they get it. Right. When your kid's like one or two years old and you're getting some wild elaborate cake, that's for you to put on Instagram and farm likes to make you feel better about I yourself. I they do that, and then they get a beautiful little smash cake made for them, too. So number yeah. one, they get a big cake, they get a smash cake, and I gave them a bowl of like a yogurt sm- with strawberries this a year. A smash cake? Yeah, it's called a smash cake. It's a cake they that they get to just destroy it and like eat uh, it. and like okay. For the first birthday, because huh. some people say it's like the first time they give like their kids something sweet yeah, like sugar or I something. Just, it seems like a lot. Too right. much ceremony. Like, so the kid's go. still alive. I buy into that. Okay. And then your other one is you were asking for some validation about feeling bad about making pizza at 10.30 a.m. And yeah. I'm here to let you know that that's fine. Okay. That's okay. I did make it and I ate most of it today. Oh, there'd be nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're, you can make pizza. You're a grown ass woman. I'm in with that too. But I was working at home today and I had no one there and I was hungry. It works. <laughs> you can make pizza and pick at it and all day. I was day. like, I don't want to make anything. So, so I'm, that's not a defend your tweets. I just okay. want to stand behind, beside you. The okay. pizza's good at any time of day. Okay. Also, pizza is like a low key breakfast food. Kind like, leftover right? pizza is like a common breakfast food. I don't think that's a big deal at all. Okay. I don't think you should feel good about that. Right. Uh, also, and I'm going to feel good about this as well. I want to know, I got out of work today. And I got Taco Bell on the way home. Oh, from good. Work. And I was for thinking you. about. It. It I'm was... probably gonna get some tonight. So we're good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, you know what I noticed about fast food? It's not cheap. Remember you know, more? Do you remember you used to get a lot at Taco Bell? I mean, yeah. Taco Bell is interesting because I remember at Taco Bell when you were when I was younger. If you spent like eight dollars at Taco Bell, you got more food than you could ever probably eat. Three right? bags of food. Now I feel like Taco Bell is like a middle of the road fast food place in terms of price. Right, they don't have. I don't love their dollar menu. I guess is my issue. No, I agree. I agree. I don't know. I feel like from from times I've been to Taco Bell, I feel like you can stretch your dollar a lot further. But they're gonna charge what they want for those items that everybody's like in love with. You know what I mean? Yes. Like something like a cheesy gordita crunch. They know you want that, so if you're gonna come get it, you're gonna pay your price. I'm leaving now. Yeah. See. (laughs) So hungry. (laughs) A couple quick birthday shout-outs before we get into the show's main topics this week. Uh, On today, I guess we'll. Yesterday, by the time you folks hear it, it's my stepdad Mike's birthday. Happy birthday to birthday, my stepdad Mike. Mike. We had a nice dinner on Sunday uh, celebrating our joint birthdays because my birthday is on Wednesday. Oh, your birthday's Wednesday? Oh, it's true. Yeah, it's true. 32. The old 32. Oh, stop. As we learned earlier today, 32, the age that James Murphy was when he started LCD Sound System. So maybe this is I the felt, year. I felt maybe. so good when I heard that today. That made me, that made my heart flutter. I have to say. Not mine. <laughs> I'm losing my edge. I got yeah. the podcast kids into the punk music and the punk kids into the podcasts. 
It's my new track I'm working on called I'm Losing My Edge. There you hey. go. Well, I'll uh, keep my eyes peeled for the next time. Yeah, I can look forward <laughs> <Okay>. to it. <laughs> uh, so I did get a message from our uh, high commander at Maiden Utica, Justin Parkinson. Uh, it's an exciting message, though. We have a new event, guys. We can actually talk about it. The Do It For Utica Takeover at Saranac is taking place on Saturday, January 27th uh, from 12 to 4 p.m. Uh, at 830 Barrick Street at the Saranac Brewery. Uh, the Made Utica crew, including, I guess, all of us, I would assume, we're all going to be there, right? Yep. Are you coming? You're, uh, you probably will be there. Of course you'll be there, I suppose. I'm going to do the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Made Utica crew taking over Saranac on the Saturday of All-Star Weekend, so come down and do it for Utica. Again, $5 at the door, get you a free Utica club, and we're going to have a silent auction of vintage and otherwise unavailable brewery items, which, by the way, Kevin, excellent work getting this put together. <laughs> Like, this is the coolest part of this whole thing for everything, me. Is this, I'm excited for that part. Everything, like, I'm going to, we'll do a little behind the veil. Everything cool that happens with Made Utica is directly because of Katie and Heather. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank them. <laughs> uh, we have a behind-the-scenes uh, Saranac label art unveiling from last week's guest, uh, Maria Valles, a.k.a. Retro Sorrento. Uh, we have something called the Makers and Shakers Showcase, which I'm sure Parkinson can give me more details on, but he didn't. Uh, we're going to do some dope beer and, food, uh, beer and food pairings. We're going to have some games and giveaways, and there's going to be some live music. should be a lot of fun. Uh, last one took place in 2015, the last time we did this. Do last All-Star game, yeah. Yeah, last mm-hmm. All-Star game. So it's to correlate to show off to all the people that will be in Silent Night weekend because the AHL All-Star game is happening. So if you're looking for something to do, yeah. Mm. Yes. Do it for Utica weekend. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I actually wanted to quickly talk about the Golden Globes, but I don't know if anyone else watched it besides me. Have you watched part of it yesterday? You did I watched it, yeah, Oprah's speech. You did have the yeah. Golden Globes on, yes. I like award shows. I, I, I'm sorry. I know I don't watch no, as many of the Golden movies. Golden Globes are good, though. It's like a sporting event. It's one of the few things that you can't really watch on a replay and get the same feeling for it. And it's interesting to interact with people on like social media for like events where people are all in at the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I did like it. Um, I do have a couple quick things. Heather, you said you saw the Oprah. Yeah, I, I actually just went and watched that. It was it was excellent. It was awesome. It was it was really inspiring. There are a lot of people who are saying that she's thinking about running for president. I know. I I loved her speech. But I, don't, I don't want her running for president. It just <laughs> I, it's a weird feeling. I, right? I'm happy and it was inspirational. I think it was something we all needed to hear and we from somebody other you know because we're not getting it from our president. But I don't think. I think that's not the next step she needs to do. I think she keeps she still keep doing what she's doing, inspiring people, talking, but not running for president. Sorry, uh, Oprah. No, listen, I thought it was interesting last night because I listened to the speech, and she's got a very eloquent way of speaking. Mm-hmm. She's a phenomenal speaker. Beautiful, classy voice, just demeanor. She carries herself. Yeah. It's wonderful. But when she was giving that speech, it really did almost feel like a political rally. Did it not? I felt it like it did. It was just something we all I needed mean, to hear. We mm. haven't heard anything like that in well, a long time. Well, she did a good job. I think the reason that it feels... First of all, I'll say anybody who's entertaining the notion that Oprah should run for president is a fool. It makes me sad. <laughs> um, we can't... That's We're one of the big... desperate. One, one of the big things that I'm that's concerned about with, but with the president yeah. we have now, one of the things we have to be careful of because we're in a bad situation is normalizing this stuff where we put celebrities with no qualifications in these positions of office because they have the call to personality. Just because we like her politics better than Trump's doesn't make her any different. She's a TV star. We're going to need real politicians to fix this mess going forward. Um, her speech was great. I think the reason that it might have sounded a bit political, besides we're in politically charged times, you forget she's got a great, great friendship with the Obamas, and so you can, she knows all the same speechwriters, all the same oh, yeah. people, and you could tell, I mean, as somebody who watched Obama speak quite a bit, 
you could tell some borrowed mannerisms and stuff where his influence as an orator and stuff like that definitely shows through in his friend the same way it would be if I gave a bunch of speeches then you went to give a speech and you'd be like oh it kind of sounds like you know yeah this yeah, and that. Sure. So, but she did. She did a great job. Yeah. It was a wonderful. I got speech. emotional a little bit. Not gonna I lie. Did. Not gonna I lie. Did. I was like, it's I think true. I'm gonna start crying right now. It makes me hope that you know. I don't think she can be president, but I think it would be awesome for her to take more of a forefront of talking about the culture and putting herself back out there as a voice and not a behind yeah. the scenes business lady. Because I think she is great at that, and she does have a human touch that people seem to connect with. Our our good friend Steve was here earlier when we were talking about it. And he made a pretty interesting point. He said. Like Oprah is Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Oh yeah, he doesn't like, like her. And he's got, she's got more like money and resources yeah, than he, he does, like... and uh, way more credibility in the general public. Yes. It's like he must be, he must have really enjoyed that last night. Uh, a couple other quick notes outside of that. Uh, the big thing that people seem to be annoyed about is James Franco. You heard a lot about that today. He won for best. Actor. I haven't heard anything about it. No. So he won for best actor for this movie, The Room, which is based mm-hmm. or the the Disaster Artist, which is based on this Tommy Wiseau movie, The Room, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So he brings Tommy Wiseau up on stage, <laughs> and then doesn't let him talk. And it's like that's what people what people were like, Good. oh, as he shouldn't. You were nice <laughs> enough to bring him up there. Why would you ever let that but man talk? He, he wasn't in was the he movie. Was he drunk or anything yeah. though? Yeah. And, I mean, maybe that's probably why he didn't want. Maybe no, he's like nice... he's gonna embarrass himself up here, and he's just. You helping... won the award. You did a nice thing by letting this guy up here. It's not his time to talk. Sorry, Tommy. I feel like it would have been a, quite a moment, though, if after 25 years of, like, this guy's, like, weird cult career to have it all come back around for this guy to win an award for playing the, the, Tommy Wiseau, for Tommy to be there and at least be like, but this thank you for allowing, yeah. He doesn't seem like he'd be the type to be like, thank you. I feel like he would have just rambled. And yes, that, that's that a good point. Say that for the MTV Music Award or Plus, movie Awards or something. He didn't, he didn't win the award. <laughs> no, I know. Either. But I'm just saying, like, that's just not, that isn't the place for... I, I think Franco did a nice thing. Everybody wants a he piece. Was, you give people an inch, they want a mile. <laughs> and he was classy the way he did. He laughed, yeah. and the other guy laughed. And, and he knew. He's a, he's a madman. He's a liability. Because when he walked up, it's like, when, like you have, <laughs> when you have your drunk friend with you, and they go to charge. If we won an award for something, and Parkinson went charging <laughs> at the microphone, it's like, oh, no, 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 I am obviously very annoyed that my, 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 no dude, love. my son, Kyle McLaughlin, did not win. Uh, for Twin Peaks, he lost to Hugh oh, McGregor so for Fargo. And here's what bothered me the most, right? Here's what bothers me the most about it. When they announced that Ewan McGregor won, they didn't pan to McGregor, they panned to McLaughlin oh. to show him his reaction. And of course, he was cool and classy, as he always is, but I was like, damn it, because you know he got robbed. You knew it was supposed to be <laughs> That was McLaughlin. his last chance, too. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you ever did anything for like Portlandia, like maybe a guest thing, whatever. That's yeah. a shame. See, now Lynch needs to come back with one more Twin Peaks series oh, to give him geez. one more go. I, I bet you'd love that. <laughs> and then uh, this is another my, 25 years. <laughs> my most conflicting moment uh, of the Emmys, now, uh, uh, Golden Globes, I'll leave it at this. Uh, Elizabeth Moss won for uh, Handmaid's Tale again. I like Elizabeth yeah. Moss a lot. She's really cool. Every time I see her on like TV doing an interview or like doing something, I'm always like, yeah, Elizabeth mm-hmm. Moss, good for you. And then I always forget until a couple of days later that she's like a hard Scientologist. Is she really? Yeah, and I was oh. like, oh, I forgot. And I'm like, it's so weird that you're a Scientologist because I you're in this... I did not know that. You know who that happens to be with is uh, Beck. Beck. Yeah. Beck, is a, Beck is a hardcore Scientologist. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Will Smith, that. too, wasn't he? I don't... Uh, I he's alleged. Alleged? He's yeah. alleged? I think he's adjacent. Um, you know what I realized last night? Elizabeth Moss has always annoyed me a little bit. I can never figure out why, and I figured it out last night mm-hmm. when we were watching the Golden Globes. Scientology? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> have, you sure. ever, have you ever seen the movie Waiting? Yes. No. Do you remember those? Waiting is a movie with Ryan Reynolds and Justin Long, and they all work in like a chain restaurant. Okay. 
And somebody worked in a chain restaurant. You watch that movie, and they're so spot on with tons of yes. things. And there's a lady who plays, like, the the mean customer who's in there just to get free stuff and complain, just the nasty lady complainer mm. customer, who is such a real person that comes into these places. And the actress who played her kind of looked like Elizabeth Moss. Just a little bit. So mm-hmm. I was associated, and I realized the last time, I'm like, oh, that's not the same lady. I shouldn't be mad at her. I heard Handmaid's Tale is very good, though. I'm, My husband's watched it. Is I he? haven't watched it yet. Yeah, that's one of the top ones me. on the list. There's always a list of new ones you want to start. It's towards the top of my list. Uh, we went pretty long, so I'm not going to go too deep into the the shady world of politics, because there's so much going on this week. Hey, man, it's, it's since the first of the year. It's been, like, into hyper. And how many days are we in already? What, nine This is nine days. days. Uh, There's a couple things I want to mention, though. I want to give a shout-out to my very good friend, longtime podcasting friend, uh, Esquiki Grande on Twitter, who nominated the Uticast for uh, Donald Trump's (laughs) Dishonest and Corrupt Media Awards, which were postponed, sadly. Um, We know we got Claudia's vote. (laughs) That's very true. Uh, Let me ask you this question. Everyone's talking about this Michael Wolff book, this Fire and Fury book. It's (laughs) basically the biggest like talking point going on and all the, the stories that are stemming from it. Sure. Now, I, I know that people don't love Michael Wolf. He's like a pretty sleazy guy from yep. all things considered. But for the most part, it seems like the reaction from the White House and most of the people who are like indicated in the book is very defensive and doesn't seem like the reaction you would give if it was As wasn't, always. Right? Yeah. Not, not a single one of these people has done one single thing to appear innocent <laughs> at all. Yeah. Like, if you were, they look as guilty as you can look. You couldn't say act guilty and have them do anything <laughs> any guiltier. I guess what my question is this. This book has already been, like, sort of torn apart and it's already, like, a, a thing now. Not would you read the book, but will you read the book? I think we're ordering it. Like, You're ordering yeah. it, yeah. And I don't really do a lot of reading, I'll but that one's I'm it. actually I'm actually really interested. It in seems this book. like it seems like it will be uh, from the excerpts I read because I read all the excerpts they published in you know Washington Post and the Times and a few yeah, others. Yeah. Um, it seems like it'll be kind of easy popcorn reading a little bit, like that's in the sense that, well, no, but that's really it's what it is, like accessible where you can pick yep. it up and it's you know based enough to be enjoyable. So if I come across it, I'll probably read it. I don't know that I'll go out of my way to purchase it. But when, like, in two years, the Salvation Army room, there's 25 no, copies of it. No, I'm reading it, like, next week, or whenever <laughs> yeah. it comes out, I mean. <laughs> yeah, we'll oh. see when it comes. These are a couple of things that I've heard so far out of it. Uh, Katie Walsh, who's the uh, deputy chief of staff, uh, is quoted as saying that working with Trump was like trying to figure out what a child wants, which is very funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is, this is a weird one that I thought was hilarious. There's a claim that Donald Trump has a longtime fear of being poisoned which supposedly explains his love and obsession for McDonald's. Like Poisoning is an old KGB tactic. <laughs> so weird. He knows like they're it. coming with that polonium. Um, <laughs> here's my thing. The wolf guy, definitely a scumbag, definitely yes. gone out and done dirt a bit. But he claims he's got everything on tape. So at this that's point, true. everything's become so wild. If you got these tapes, let's hear the tapes. And that's why I bet the president won't press, like file charges. I think he's holding them back. Him. He'll have to go to court and talk about those charges. I think I think it, I think it's you know he uh, Michael Wolf. If he's got these tapes, and, you know everything he says is true. I think he's sitting back on it until he gets some really hard pushback. It's like the ace in the hole kind of for him. He's done a good job interviewing about the book, though. He doesn't come off as sleazy and no. ever, I mean he's I've enjoyed listening to him on that. I don't see any reason for him to, like, not just write what he's... It doesn't seem like a situation for him where, like... He's done that, like, two or three times. Yeah. He's gotten caught no, just, We all like, just want to believe this up. one. I'm just going with it. I, that's, that's, that's I want to believe problem. everything that he's saying. That's that's what the mean... Fox News people do. Like, I want to believe it, so I'm going to believe it. You know what I mean? we got to be careful. There is one uh, political story I do want to talk about this week, and this actually just came across my the Uticast desk before I was doing the show. Uh, a Senate bill that would rev- uh, reverse the Federal Communication Commission's decision to repeal net neutrality received its 30th co-sponsor on Monday, ensuring it will receive a vote on the Senate floor. 
now, this doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to vote and repeal what they already did. No chance. Uh, but what's nice about this is it's forcing people to get put them on the record, to get them on the record and be what on what side of history get them you on the record. Be on. Get them on the record for 2018 so you can run it with their campaigns. Oh yeah, uh, this was the quote from uh, Elvin uh, Evan Greer, who's an activist from the group Fight for the Future. Today's news shows that lawmakers from both parties cannot hide from their constituents on this issue. Uh, every member of the U.S. Senate will have to go on the record during a tight election year and either vote to save the internet or rubber stamp its death warrant, quote-unquote. So, Exactly. Yeah. Get them. Uh, I have a couple local things that I wanted to talk about. Yes. And I know we've gone a little long, uh, but that's okay. We were short last week, so that's all right. Um, all right, so this is, uh, this is from a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to talk about it. Uh, the OD did a pretty interesting sort of like looking forward to 2018 in the region. So here's a couple things in 2018 that are coming up for us, right? Um, we obviously have the elections coming up, right? November, uh, November 2018. Uh, I just want to say right now, for our listeners out there, I did receive the text message today from uh, Anthony Brindisi. He's coming on Thursday to the apartment for another interview, so I'm very much looking forward to talking to him. He just got named in some uh, article about like being one of the uh, the top ten most important like. Uh, like members of this election coming of forward, he like, yeah, he's starting to get like singled out as like important oh, yeah. members of the it's delegation. Gonna get ugly too. So I'm really looking forward to talking to him. Uh, he'll be in on Thursday. So if anyone has any questions for him, I'd still like to get him and Timmy Mem together on the show. I'd oh, love, I'd chance. love to do yeah. that. Him and Claudia, oh, please. it'd be so much fun. Please, Kev, you know more about this. The Irish Cultural Center is supposed to be coming this year. Do you know anything about this going on? Ver- yeah, right in the corner oh, of yeah. Varick and Columbia. People seem no. People seem pretty excited about this. I don't That's know. Nice. It does seem to look That's nice really when I'm nice. driven by. Are you excited about this? You're the Irishman here in the show. Do you feel? <laughs> it's yeah. It'll, I mean, <laughs> it what, took a long time for them to get that. Well, they took. They had. I mean, if you want to dig out the the history of the thing, that's. I guess that's all there really is to do with it. Really though, like it was supposed to be done. It was started a long time ago by people who sort of mm-hmm. took the money and ran with it. Mm-hmm. So they left an empty hole down there for like four years. Yeah. With just a foundation, they had to get repoured. Um, my uncle's actually the foreman on that project, and all my uncles down there kind of building it and doing yeah. everything. It'll be cool. It'll That's be a nice cool. addition. It will change the complexion of that end of Eric Street, but that end of Eric Street needs some help. You know, it's not without it. There's pros and cons of, of everything, but mm-hmm. I think it'll be cool. I'm interested That's to see great. what it looks like when it's done. It's bringing back more like it used to be. Uh, yeah. Cultural yeah, there's, there's definitely some challenges it brings mm-hmm. to being yeah. in the neighborhood. We'll talk about it after, but... Um, it's it's gonna be a good thing. I'm gonna be glad to finally have that lot be done instead of just being an empty yeah, hole. Because yeah, yeah. like for a lot of times, saying when you didn't live here, when you were in New York, that corner they dug a foundation years ago and mm. then it got left and it was a yeah. joke yeah, because yeah. the people who used to run it were just completely sort of pissed off at the money. Mm. So uh, and then also there's another OD thing from earlier. This is actually the end of December, but they're doing an article about the Sangertown Square Mall. There was a weird story about these two businesses that closed at the Sangertown Square Mall oh, kind of yeah. overnight. Did you guys read anything about I heard that? about that. Yeah, it was, a cra- it was a Craze Burger and a Cafe Wasabi. They pretty much, uh, they're owned by the same people and both restaurants closed their doors uh, over the uh, beginning, uh, beginning of last week. Didn't even know they were in there. Yeah. Yeah. They opened in 2016 uh, and then they closed, and not, not only these locations, they've also closed four other locations including the one at Destiny all sort of at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been a lot of rumor and conjecture yeah. about illegal activity in, say, like human involving trafficking. human trafficking. <laughs> Probably. Um, but this all, like, this was, this was got me into something deeper about, like, the Sangertown Square Mall in general. Like, the Sangertown Square Mall has been here for, like, since the 1980s, like, 1980, 1979 mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, my family was home over the, over the, the holidays. My family from Chicago. Mm. We went to Destiny four times. 
never once did we step foot in the Sanger Town Square Mall. Mm. I don't know about Nothing their... Nothing in there that's of value. So I guess my question is, do we expect the Sanger Town Square Mall to exist in perpetuity, or is that probably on its way? I've heard a lot about malls recently that a lot of them are closing because they don't know how to keep up. Yeah, I mean, it's been in the news now for 10 or 12 years, pretty much every year, every other year, they're like, is Sanger Town going to close? You know what mm. I mean? It's like mm-hmm. a hot recurring story, certainly. Um... No, probably not the way it is. The reason that you guys went to Destin about four times is is crazy and a lot. It seems like to me. <laughs> but you got like kids. Going like a year. Yes, I mean you got kids, but like so, there's places to take kids. But either way, that's the point. Like you took them out there. You didn't take them to the mall to go shopping. Yeah, did you go mainly you, to the other side? Yes, See, you took them to like an entertainment park that happened to have shops in it, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not. I mean, a mall that's different. Just because it's technically yeah. a mall, those aren't the same kind of. We businesses. were at Destiny over the holidays, and there was nobody <coughs> shopping. People mm-hmm. were in the food part and the entertainment, but nobody was shopping. Right, and that seems to be what this article sort of touched on. Is this is a, a growing trend in like retail stores and retail malls around the country because it seems like people are looking for more than just shopping. People are not interested in just going to shop because you can shop anywhere now, right? Well, it's kind of like when we were little, we would go in there would be arcades and stuff. Yeah. You know, remember that? And that was the big thing for us. So your parents would go shop and the kids would go to the arcades. Mm-hmm. That's what you would do. There's just really nothing to do. Yeah, it's true. Like, even, I, I think about it, Boring. too. Like, we used to walk around the mall, like, delinquents when we were in, like, high school mm-hmm. and middle school and all that yeah. kind of thing. And delinquents. Well, yeah, we were delinquents to a certain <laughs> no, extent. True. But, like... There was actually things to do in the mall. Like, if I was a teenager now, why no would movies. I walk around the mall? For there's, what reason? There's no movies. There's yeah. no, nothing to do. No movies, no arcade, no, like, anything really that appeals really to you. crappy pop-pop cars. I think this, is it still there? They have a Billy Bees, don't they? Oh, yes. If you're a little kid, Billy yes. Bees. A walking germ fest. <laughs> going in there. <laughs> do you, it makes me think of... Do you nasty. Remember, like, do you remember there. the Discovery Zone? Yes. Yeah. The Discovery Zone was probably also disgusting and nasty, but as a little kid, I, I didn't know there. any better. And they had like this place called Sports Star 2000 in Syracuse. I don't know that one. big laser tag oh, place they had. Yo, can I, can I make a... Yo, laser tag is bullshit. It wasn't I'm bad. sorry. I'm going to throw that out. <laughs> Every time I've ever been forced to like do laser tag and you think it's cool, it's not. It's just not. I'd rather, I'd almost rather get hit with a paintball. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? At least I'd know that least something you. happened. We could probably facilitate that. I'm sure we, we test could. out the two. We'll do a little test video. <laughs> then you're right against the door. I've walked into something I didn't right mean to. You're against the French door. <laughs> Shoot at the glass. This was a mistake. Maybe down at your house. This was a terrible mistake <laughs> I've made. Um, <laughs> let's get into this week's uh, interview with, uh, with a man I've known for far long. I had a hard time putting together when the first time Gavin and I ran into each other was. Uh, I had gone on uh, on the couch with him when him and Chris were doing it a few years ago. And I had told him back then that I needed to have him come on the show, and mm-hmm. I don't know why it took us this long to get him on here. Uh, but we've known Gavin for many years, going way back to our, our pop-punk roots. I think it sounds weird to say. It's like an old term. It does. It sounds weird. That's a weird thing to say. Uh, but it was nice. It's nice to see Gavin. It was really nice to have him over at the house. Uh, he's talking about his new uh, film company, Utica Film Co. Uh, we're going to talk about lots of different videography stuff. He's been doing all sorts of things. So let's get to it. Me and Gavin Law. Very impressed. 
I had you at 50-50 this morning. I was like, man, it's like negative 20 outside. It's so cold. I'm like, I got 50% chance that I'm not getting this interview really? today. Oh, man. I just, assu- I did, not that I didn't <laughs> trust that you were coming. I just like, I, who knows what goes on. Like, I know everyone yeah, I know true. was late today. Oh, yeah. Everything was like a big mess for people this morning because of this subarctic temperature. So I appreciate that you you came out here. Oh, yeah. Pool. No problem. Yeah, well, once you commit, you know, you <laughs> commit. So. Well, because I talked to you because you texted me or we Facebook messaging earlier. And you mentioned to me, are we still gone today? And mm-hmm. I sort of, I shot the, I was like, hey, if you want to do it tomorrow, we can. And then I was looking at the schedule. I was like, oh, it's actually colder tomorrow. So I'm actually, it's better off today. Right. Then, like, I'd rather get things done, like. Yeah, right yeah. Away. You, you got to follow yeah. up and all that kind of stuff. Just make sure. I'm the worst with that, good, too. So. Like, yeah. <laughs> you ever, like, order anything off Amazon? You an Amazon person? Oh, yeah, huge Amazon. Do you ever go back and rate the person when they've sent no. you something? Never. Even though they give you that little card <laughs> that's like, please card. rate me. I'm just like, sorry, I'm going to recycle you. I'm like, sorry, I never I never do. I don't know why. I assume that once I've given the money and they've sent the item, that unless there's something wrong, I feel like that's the end of the transaction. Like, I don't usually go back into Taco Bell afterwards and be like, hey, yeah, great job, guys. True. Thanks for everything. Yeah, yeah I should. You'd like me. Yeah, especially in Taco Bell. <laughs> um... <laughs> Gavin, yeah, you were uh, you were joining us here during the middle of uh, I don't know if you're a soccer guy. Nope. Uh, well, Sorry. That's okay. No, it's okay. It's all right. Not most people are not. Uh, but right. the Merseyside derby is going on right now. That's oh, my nice. team, Liverpool versus Maiden Utica, Justin Parkinson's team, Everton. So if you hear any loud screaming from upstairs or effects, that's usually uh-huh. what it is. It's a big moment. Cool. That's Perfect. okay. Yeah, and before take, we taking away from your game, that's okay. It's all right. That's, this is part of the job. This is there how you go. it goes. So I want to try and figure this out because I've known you for a long time. Yeah, we go back a, a long ways. Before I left for New York, I knew you. Yep. Uh, we used to have parties at your house back in the day. Yep. Halloween parties. Yep. Good, good times. But I can't remember. I don't exactly remember when I first met you. I know it was through other people, but I have no like recollection of like, oh yeah, Gavin, I met him one time. I just you were always sort of a yeah. a fixture in that scene, I suppose. Right. Yeah, no, I guess, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Gavin, uh, you've been working on lots of stuff for a long time. Currently, you're working with this Utica Film Company. This is your baby? Uh, yeah, this is my business, uh, Utica Film Company. We uh, help uh, businesses with their video work production. We're a full-service video production awesome. uh, company. And that's, uh, uh, and that's UticaFilmCo.com. Yep, right. yep, or UticaFilmCompany.com. Okay. Uh, either way, it'll get you there, um, or Facebook, Instagram, that kind of stuff. But yeah, we uh, are out there to help uh, businesses um, grow, mm-hmm. like get their name out there. Um, mm-hmm. They need a lot of help with uh, social media, I find, because um, a lot of the business Every owners business are now. right. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like it's so always funny to me when you see like some big scale business, like some large scale company that doesn't have someone who runs their social media at all. It's like ah, just Bob does it. And it's like <laughs> you don't have a person. You don't have like a social media. Per- right, That's like right. I guess. M- I guess there's no infrastructure for it in a lot of these jobs. It usually just gets passed off to somebody, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems seems to be that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that's where we come in to help to um, help guide them the right way and create content for their customers to view and so they could get more business. Yeah. And, uh, so this is mostly commercial film you're talking about. Like, uh, yeah, upstate film companies, yeah, yeah. definitely t- uh, directed towards um, companies large and small. Right. That just need the social media mm-hmm. content or even, like, TV content, just any kind of right, content. Right. Uh, to show that they're out there in the public. We're going to um, dig into that in a little bit, cool. but I want to start back with you a little bit, because I said we go right. back a long way, but I don't know as much about you as I thought I did when I went <laughs> to do my research, so oh, really? let's nice. go way back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Based on my uh, professional journalistic research, which uh-huh. I'm obviously trained for, uh, you were, based on my information, you were born in Remsen area? Well, born in Gloversville. Gloversville. Uh, grew up in Remsen, mm. so it's a small 
awesome town mm. up north a little bit, half hour from Utica. That's Remsen Central Schools? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I grew up there. It was an amazing town. I loved it so much. And What uh, kind of population are you talking I don't. I don't know if you know that kind of stuff off top yeah, of your head or not. Yeah, I mean, I want to say the town itself might have been 600 people. I don't really oh, know wow. exactly, okay. but um, that Would might you be call pushing it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you enjoy growing I, I always wonder about that, because I, I grew up, like, six blocks away from here. So nice. most of my, like, growing up is growing up in, like, these kind of suburbs, where mm. these houses are all kind of stacked next to each other. But Utica right. is still a pretty big city, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Was there, like, some isolation growing up in a town with, like, just 600 people? <laughs> well, yeah, so not really. I mean, we could... Even though we did graduate with only 60 kids in our class, we were the biggest one that graduated, too. Mm. But uh, the the friends that you did have were just, like, good quality friends. Mm. You just call them up and hang out with. Nice. Um, yeah. Then I had a dog growing up. So just your dog around. man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what were you doing in high school? Like, what was your, your thing? You Sports, music, uh, drama club? So I guess I wanted to be a <laughs> par- partial musician yeah. slash skateboarder. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so then that was me like skateboarding <laughs> around playing guitar and stuff. Um, oh, but also video though. I started video back in high school. Did you do the AV club and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, kind of yeah. like how I started. They called it um, video English. Video uh, English. Yeah, huh. which is uh, like the English teacher had a video class and I guess just combined them and stuff. But uh, nice. Yeah, Mr. Haynes. And uh, what were they teaching you there? Like editing or like? Uh, so yeah, back in the day, it started on uh, VHS wow. tapes. Uh, uh, that's how I got mm-hmm. my in the door when it comes Hell yeah. to that. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love VHS. I'm, I'm, I was going to bring this up. We're born like two months apart from each other. So we're oh, in like really? the same... Nice. We're in the same like zeitgeist cycle. We had all... Yeah, I, yeah. I had VHS. I'm with you on VHS. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's great. Um, so even back in high school and in that you're doing the video thing just as a hobby, right? Yeah, yeah. Like doing like fun videos, um, mm-hmm. doing like the school news kind yeah. of stuff. I was an anchor on that for a while. And, the uh, anchor at something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you're doing that. You're sort of doing the music thing casually, doing the skateboard thing. I feel like that's where we sort of ran along each other. As yeah, music. same interest, probably. Same right. interest, it's true. <laughs> I remember you were probably at that, what was the place in Clinton you used to do all the, Modic Revolution, did you ever go back there in Clinton? Oh, yeah, this sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah, that was the one I always remember seeing people at back nice. in the day. Uh, so I'm fascinated, though, you get t- doing the video thing, you're in Remsen, and you went to Herkimer for college? I sure did. Did you do video in, in that? Is that what you did at that department? Yeah, it was a radio TV major, which yeah, yeah. I heard recently they got rid of, which just seems dumb for me because video is where it's at. Like, it's growing and getting bigger. Well, I'm glad but, you uh, say that because I, you're one of many people I know. A lot of close friends of mine, a lot of people who have been on the show who have glowing things to say about this program. I know a lot of people were really disappointed when this program went down. Even though right. I didn't go to HCCC, I knew that... A lot of people stood behind the way that they taught their program. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Definitely learned new people, and um, yeah, had a great time. Did you ever think about going to like a bigger school for it? Was there ever any thoughts? Like, because a lot of people wanted to go to Syracuse. I feel like when that was in our era, like growing up, a thing. If you wanted to go on like TV or do like broadcasting, Syracuse was like the big school, but it's just so damn expensive. Yeah, there was thought of that, but then my guidance counselor back in high school, uh, he said, uh, or she said, I actually don't remember what <laughs> gender the person was, but either way, they said uh, that Herkimer is actually the best uh, in the area hmm. and stuff, and I'm just like, wow, that's very fortunate then that I don't really have to go too far and get the best around. Yeah, the um, common the common thing people would say about Herkimer was always, where is it Syracuse or a big school, you may not even touch a camera till your junior year, you're hands-on from like day one in a place like Herkimer. So even though you're probably not getting the prestigious like uh, degree, people right. who knew what it meant, they knew that you were hands-on from day one. Yep. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, great teachers there too, so. 
So post college, I'm trying to think what I'm trying to think of what year that puts you out of college because I had a whole bunch of years where I was like playing in a band and was not doing school. So my time strain for when I graduated is all messed up. But yeah. uh, you graduate, Herkimer, Are you looking to go right into something? Did you have an idea what you wanted to do? So I guess at that point, I didn't have an idea because mm-hmm. at that time, uh, like the DSLR cameras weren't out yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because I'm pretty old now. But. That's an amazing <laughs> statement. Because Still young they're, though, but because yeah. they're so they're everywhere now. But to think that less than how right. many years ago they were not that common is, yeah. is mind blowing now. So fresh out of college, they didn't have an affordable camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, like there was this camera that I wish I could have used. But it was like a five thousand dollar price tag on it. And when you come out of college, like <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so then after that, I just did uh, retail for a while and like mm. just dreaming and trying to do stuff. Uh, what did you do? With mini DV. Were you at pretty much every store? Every, I, feel like, I feel like I was trying to think. I was like, I feel like you were at a lot of them. Were you at Zoomies for a while? Yeah, Zoomies. Yes, uh, okay, that's probably H and M, Paxon. Oh man, like, yeah. You know, I, I never, know. I've never found one piece of clothing to fit me at H and M. Mm, yeah, that's fair. And then especially if you dry it. That's true. Never. <laughs> it's a fair point. Uh, it'll become a different mm. article of clothing in itself. So, so <laughs> I found a couple different sort of video businesses that you've been sort of involved in. You've been doing lots of different video stuff over the years. Yeah, yeah, because video yeah, just runs through my veins. Like, I'm the video <laughs> guy. So. so you do you do the uh, you have your Gavin Law wedding video which you've been doing for a long time. Uh, yeah. Do you dig that? Is that is that still like getting yeah, exciting for yeah, you? It's still, yeah, it's still yeah, it's still a thing, and I love it just because you get to provide an amazing wedding video for all the couples out there, um, and quality too, which is great. Because um, a lot of people have like Uncle Tom. Yeah, yeah. filming like on a tripod and just to stand alone, set it up right, and let it right. roll, kind of thing, which is better than nothing. But when it comes to like really showing the day and kind of like you're a photographer, um, if you have a good one, there are some other photographers that might not be so good either. But um, but yeah, so it's just a great experience. I think about this when I was growing up as a musician. Uh, I would go see like local bands play, or I'd go to a wedding and see a wedding band play. And because I was playing music, I could not detach myself from being like, "What's this guy doing over here? What, what is this? What is it?" You do that when you go to weddings, like when you're at a wedding as a guest. You yeah. look at the photographer and you're like, "Look at this guy. I don't know what he's doing." Yeah, one hundred percent, all the time. <laughs> I can't help it. It's like it's good sometimes. It's nice to have a little bit of jealousy, cathartic when you're out there. Yep, yep, yeah, definitely. Um, and. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, we won't get too much into it, but I went on the show that you and Chris were doing when you guys were doing On the Couch. Yeah. Uh, and I felt bad because I have a tendency to, if you give me a platform to run my mouth, <laughs> I will just talk. Well, that's fine. It forever. worked out well for you, so this is great. <laughs> yeah. I love that space you guys had. It was a beautiful space. Always yeah, loved definitely. that location. Yeah, it was a good spot. So, um, uh, yeah, the, the show was uh, On the Couch with yeah, Gavin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hopefully a lot of people out there have heard of it. Oh, yeah. I, I'm very familiar with it. It's on all my streams. I see it everywhere. So. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, so that'll be, uh, it, was, it was a great thing where we would have, kind of similar to this show, mm. have people uh, come on to the couch. That's why you were on the couch to, like, talk about Uticast. And Which had, I appreciate. Yeah, no problem. No one ever <laughs> asks me to go on anything. It's so weird. I have tons and tons of people who come on the show. And I, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, sad about it. Like, it's fine. I'm, I don't like to leave my house if I don't have to. But, right, like, right. I'll bring, like, lots of people on to, like, promote their stuff, and very rarely do I ever get anybody who's like, hey, uh-huh. come talk. So you, when you guys invited me on, I was like, hey, that's so nice. Thank yeah, it was you. a perfect fit, because um, what On the Couch uh, with Gavin is we bring people on just to talk about the great things that they're doing for and in all around the Utica community, mm-hmm. um, and, like, showing how what you 
do in the area too. It's uh, it was yeah, perfect fit. Well, that's that was always the thing with when you do a show like that, uh, and I talk about this a lot with uh, Justin from Made in Utica. You know, when you have a platform that uh, is catered around showcasing other things in the community, it's always a strange. It's it's weird. Like you have to like reach out to get other people to talk about things they're doing. It's an odd. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a weird chase when you're chasing people around in that thing. Right. You guys are smart. I feel like when you were doing that, it was like you do like more seasonal. You you interview like a bunch of people and then release them all at thing. I fall I fall in this bad habit where I'm like chasing interviews all the time. I gotta like chase people. Like oh, you don't do time. batch interviews? Oh, I try to. I try to, but yeah. like when school's in session or I got grad school stuff, like I'm not finding time to get like right, five right. or six people in here a week. Also, I don't know if you know this about me. You wouldn't think so. A podcast. I'm kind mm-hmm. of an introvert. It's tough for me uh-huh. to get like a. Uh, 45, 50 minutes of pulling it together for like, yeah, let's have a conversation that people want to listen to. True. Yeah, you get burned out, I would imagine, I guess, right? It's funny. All the people I do weird stuff like this with podcasting and web stuff, they all seem to be introverts even though they do these professions that put them out there in front of Hmm. people. I don't understand. I never understood how that I mean, there's nothing wrong with Netflix and chilling, right? (laughs) Hey, man. No complaints about that. Uh, so I was looking at the the Upstate Film Co. stuff and I saw some uh, some folks on here who you're doing business with. Uh, and what I wanted to say, I'm going to screw his last sure name thing. up. Yeah, I'm sure. Splendorio. Splendorio. Is that what it is? <laughs> uh, I wanted to say, I've met Tom uh, yeah. a couple times in passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've met him at events, like in Utica events, city events, and he's always a really, really nice dude. He's super friendly. I always have a nice conversation with him. And uh, I randomly ran across one of his videos not too long ago. Was, even though I'd met him a couple times, it was the first time I was like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, my, my son's got talent. <laughs> he's, he's pretty good. <laughs> how did you start? How did you get in with Tom initially? Yeah, so I was in this thing called uh, Photo Club mm. of CNY, and mm. it was uh, yeah just a bunch of photographers and uh, like a few videographers because um, we're few and far between, I guess. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, which luckily there's getting to be more and more huh. recently, um, which is I love. But anyways, uh, so yeah, Tom and I we were in this group and uh, made a lot of good friends with a lot of photographers, and all of them now are like still like my best friends to date. Like yeah. uh, Chris, who I did on the couch with, and it'd be my guy. good friend from. The photo club, uh, Janelle Bonagiorio is my best friend now, and uh, oh, she's great. I know, I know her from way back in the day. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and having the same interests and stuff too. It's like you kind of just hit it off. And actually, my wife uh, is a photographer, and same thing where I met her, started talking about photos, and it's like, hey, we got a lot of cool things and interest. And well, for her, it was uh, yeah, you're kind of cute. Let's hang well, out they, oh, <laughs> very handsome guy. Well, you are very handsome. I'll have to yeah, thank you. yeah, you too. Uh, I've been working this place. I actually, I grew the beard out to cover up the the rest of my face. That was yeah. the plan. I'm afraid to shave it off because I don't know what it looks like underneath anymore. Um, <laughs> so, the other person who was on here is our good friend from Made in Utica, yeah. Julie Ducato. Yeah, uh, yeah. How's like how's working with Jill treating you? I keep I keep giving her a hard time because she's the only Made in Utica person who hasn't been on the podcast yet. I'm really? just <laughs> now I'm doing it just to give her a hard time. But how did you how did you get in with her? Yeah, no, she's awesome. I knew her from working at uh, WTR, the mm. news local news channel yeah, yeah. here. Um, but maybe even before that, I feel I don't know. But either way, yeah, she's great. So what uh, Upstate Film Company does, anyways, with uh, all these talented uh, people is I'm very strong at video mm. and I can do photos and social media and other things and drones and all that stuff like I could do it but I'd rather be really good at that one thing right. so then because of that um, I found these amazing people that are really great at what they do so therefore we're able to be more effective when it comes to helping out businesses um, so then yeah we all are just great at what we do and can be a really good team all together. 
Well, uh, I was really fascinated by the stuff I was reading on the site. I really like the message you guys are presenting. Uh, I also think the aesthetics of the site are very nice. Nice job yeah. whoever designed it. Is that yeah, you? yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was partially me, but mostly uh, Ryan from Thinkubator. Oh, yeah. Who's oh, also wonderful. on the team because he's a, a drone enthusiast. I don't oh, even yeah. know what you call a, a droner. Dronist? A dronist, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he would probably know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, Is there a word? I'm, not, yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure there's a proper <laughs> word for it. Probably. Here's a good one for you if you ever want to trick somebody. Do you know what the word for a professional bowler is? Bowlerina? No, a kegler. I probably offended a bunch of no, people. No, a bowlerina. <laughs> a kegler. So if you ever want oh, to... Okay. Yeah, he's a kegler. That's yeah, my dad. That sounds way cooler. My dad told me that, and he's a liar. So if oh, someone okay. on the podcast in the audience wants to correct fact me that a kegler it. is a bowler, you can fact check it, but I believe that's the case. That's huh. a good one for sure. It sounds like someone who would do a keg stand. Kegler. As me and me in college, I'm too old for that now. <laughs> then go uh, bowling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at the same time. So let me ask you this. I want to ask you just one question. As a guy who grew up around video, doing the video stuff, doing the broadcasting thing, if you could do like your like one dream project where you had total control over, what would you like to do? Has there ever been something say, like <laughs> crawling at you for years? You know, that's a good question because, uh, <laughs> I mean, just YouTube in general. Yeah. Um, I have this idea in the back of my head hmm. and. Um, I just can't wait till someday I can yeah. effectively uh, make it to end up being on YouTube. So Just be careful. I don't want you ending up like that Logan Paul character and, and getting in all this trouble. He's been all over the news Oh, he's for been two days. in trouble? Oh, yeah, no. Uh, I haven't noticed. Oh, no, we're, we talked about it on the podcast, I think, oh, okay. for this week. It's always weird when I'm taping interviews at different times. I think we're talking about right, that right, this right, week. Right. Maybe we are. If not, look up the Logan Paul thing. Huh. Yeah, don't. He's, he got in trouble. Wow. Messing up. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this. We've uh, got three quick things for you before we go into our lightning rounds. Cool. Uh, one, I'm just going to ask, because I've, I've watched no movies that came out this year. I did right. go see Star Wars because my niece and nephew went to go. But the Golden Globes are out. There's all these great movies that came out this year. You're a film guy. Anything you saw this year you really liked? Any movies you feel particularly strongly about that are up this year? So I used to watch movies 24-7, like back yeah, in the day, yeah. all the time, when I had time anyways. <laughs> How about it? And so lately, there's a bunch of movies on my list that I'm not mm. able to get to just because I'm busy like working right. all the time. Uh, Star Wars being one of them, I can't wait to watch That's that. Um, so then, uh, one that I'm just thinking off the top of my head, I've probably seen like way cooler movies. Oh, well, there's that Jim Carrey one on Netflix. Oh, did you see that? I'm, I'm, it's on my my watch list. Yeah. but I'm too lazy to watch anything but Office reruns because I've been doing too much stuff. Around <laughs> <the house. laughs> It was really good because it was yeah. almost it was a documentary style which I ended up gravitating towards mm -hmm. mostly. And uh, what's that um, Joaquin Phoenix movie where I'm I'm not here I am here. I'm not, oh yeah, 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 I know what you're talking about. Where he kind of like yeah, messes yeah. with people's minds. Yeah, they thought he went like nuts, that. and it was right. really just for the movie. Just for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then Jim Carrey is <laughs> similar to that, um, and I just love the aspect of that of messing with media. <laughs> within media itself and it's just like a really cool dynamic and makes you think oh, a yeah. lot about what's happening and stuff so. it's gotta be it makes you wonder I, I'm not an actor I wanted to be an actor when I was younger but I didn't have the chops for it man it must, you just must have to have something like in your like <laughs> that creative spark that I, I don't know what it's like to put your heart and soul into something the way that like some of these people do like the Jim Carrey's and Daniel Lewis's of the world who are just like I'm gonna be this person right. a different person yep it's weird yeah definitely but I noticed that you dabble in that too with your uh your uh, the bite bakery. Uh, what do you call it? The oh, the videos, cinema. the film series. Yeah, stuff. The film series. Uh, well, okay. So I'm also a big mystery science theater fan growing mm -hmm. up. So I like any sort of send up of anything where I can uh, crack wise and have a good time. Uh, those are a lot of fun though. I give our, my good friend uh, Tom Knudsen, who does a lot of that video yep. stuff with me and Justin. He's uh, 
He's a very brilliant director, and, uh, and I don't need to put him over. He's been on the show before. You don't need any free praise, Tom. Okay, <laughs> but he's uh, great though. Oh, great guy! I, yeah, I yeah. love working with him too. Yeah, yeah. for the WTR. Yeah, no, he's super talented, but. and he's a big Twin Peaks fan like me. So we go, oh, nice. we we talk a lot about David Lynch. That's what we did most of New Year's Eve was just talk about David Lynch. Oh yeah, <laughs> big uh, new Twin Peaks fan or old Twin Peaks? All of it. I have all the. I have both books that correspond with each series. I've seen hmm. the the movie, the Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Uh, I think the Twin Peaks: The Return has some frustrating moments, but it also it's weird. Like uh, there were moments when I was watching that show alone by myself, and I was having pure moments of joy and elation because of these characters that I've been watching for so long that I don't think you can replicate. It's hard. It's a weird thing to tell people you like Twin Peaks. <laughs> and so it's weird because like, I'm like, the well, you have to have watched the first seasons and the second season to really watch the return and have it Beautiful. have the, the emotional impact that it has. You're like, damn. Damn. Because when all the stuff finally comes around, you're like, wow. That's, mm. <laughs> David Lynch is a madman. Uh, yeah. Alright, I'm going off on a tangent yeah, cool. here. <laughs> so you are... Um, you're a new homeowner this year. Congratulations. Sure am, yeah. How does it feel? Are you feeling like an adult now? Is, it, is that the final, is that yeah. the final one? <laughs> well, luckily the place before we were renting was yeah. a whole house, so I still yeah. got to do all the home maintenance and stuff mm. like that. Plus, I, f- I feel like I'm pretty handy, so I like to do that sort of stuff anyways. Mm. Um, so, yeah, being a new homeowner is great. Yeah. I can't wait till summer to have more like people come over and stuff <laughs> like that. So. Be Are, a good time. And also, I saw this, and I don't know if this is true. You gained a cat this year. Yeah. How did you? So how did you obtain this cat? About him. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a long story. You'll have to, if viewers out there want to listen to it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, long story short, uh, my wife's aunt had a stray cat that was bothering them. Uh, really friendly. We acquired it. Yeah. And um, it was a stray though. Yeah, Street yeah. Cat um, has an awesome story um, about just being in the street for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, had a chip in it and all that. Like, really? Yeah. A chip? Wow. Right. Okay. So, never registered. But anyways, mm. we're getting more into that long story. But so <laughs> <laughs> this cat is the best cat you could ever mm. ask for. So friendly. Um, training him to do tricks right now. <laughs> uh, he knows when you pat your chest to jump straight up in your arms. Oh, wow. Uh, he nuzzles anybody and everybody. Um, like, just walks straight up to you and is just, like, super friendly. <laughs> Um, yeah, he knows sit. Well, I'm curious, because you said you, you mentioned earlier you grew up with dogs. Yeah, uh, yeah, just now, one dog. But yeah. I grew up with a dog, dogs growing up, and I never really liked cats. And again, I fell into a situation where we have a cat that lives in this house. His name is Charlie. He's, again, a street cat that we took in. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because he's a street cat or because I never grew up with cats, but I've, I've grown to have quite a companionship with this animal that I used to be like, I don't really like cats. I'm like, I'm not a cat person. Right. It won me over. So yeah. I was I was just curious if you were like an anti-cat person or if you were just like never been an anti-cat person because in all the places like in between college and yeah yeah my like finding my wife and getting a home and family and all that stuff um I would just acquire cats off the street as oh, well yeah. nice um like me and my roommates um well me I would bring them in and right right like, sometimes they'd have fleas and I'd get in trouble with my roommates but <laughs> anyway so I bring these cats in and I never really felt like a good att- attachment to them they were just like a uh, a good thing that I could do like to give them shelter and food for a while and like love them temporarily I guess but I never felt like they were truly mine right right and so then they ended up just I mean leaving somehow like, leaves, yeah. um, like either kind of like hard to see that's what scares me with this cat like this cat's so used to living outside that sometimes he'll just leave we go oh, no. like, I don't I don't know where he is like he might be he might never come back right but he always seems to uh Gavin before we get into lightning round questions sure uh 
just one more time, it's upstatefilmcompany.com, upstatefilmco.com. Yep. All yep. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's if you're yeah business looking to uh, grow your business really because it just mm-hmm. helps yeah your audience and yes. get more clients and all that. You on Twitter, um, Instagram, Facebook, anything like uh, that? Instagram and Facebook for all those things. So nice. yeah, Upstate Film Company is uh, yeah the businesses. Uh, if you're getting married, uh, the website is gammonlaw.tv and mm-hmm. you can find all the wedding films on there. Um, and then in the future, on the couch will be coming back bigger nice. and better, stronger, all I that love stuff. It. Uh, and then you can find that on Facebook just by searching on the couch with Gavin. Wonderful. Um, Gavin, are you ready for our lightning round questions yeah. before I let you go home into the <laughs> freezing negative 20 degree wind chill? Uh, these are the lightning round questions. These are the same five or six questions we ask everybody who's been on the show. We will start like this. Gavin Law, uh, how do you, when you wake up in the morning, take your coffee? Uh, yeah, cream and sugar. Cream and sugar. It just kind of varies, you know. Have you ever attempted uh, to do the black period. coffee thing? I'm trying uh, to like, I've no, tried over the years. No, my mom. My wife Nicole does that like drip coffee. Whatever oh, the pour over, so, right? Yeah, she does that. Yeah, kind of yeah. Like, uh, That's nice though. Press. She really gets into it, but I'm yeah, more of yeah. a simple Keurig push a button kind of guy. Fair, so. fair. <laughs> uh, what was your first automobile? Uh, Chevy Cavalier. It was, yes, it was amazing. And then like it was a yeah, two door, and the yes. uh, the day before it died, my buddy Greg and I painted flames on the side. Yes. built a nice wooden spoiler, <laughs> painted it black, and then we did all that stuff to it. I feel like everyone from a certain age range either knew somebody who had uh, a Cavalier or had a Cavalier. Yeah. Everyone I knew, <laughs> I had two Cavaliers. Yeah, they're popular. <laughs> Uh, not at the same time, but yeah. Well, you're balling if you had two at the same time. Uh, you may or may not have taken one of your two Cavaliers to see it, uh, but what was your first live music event? The Monkees. The Monkees? Yeah, my You're like the second the person monkeys. to say that not too oh, long nice. ago. Huh. I wonder if we had the same show. I wonder. Because they don't really come around. I was going to say, I don't know if that's like a thing that a lot of people... Did you yeah. like listen to the Monkees growing up? Was like a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oldies all the time. Yeah, my mom would always listen to... The... You a Beatles guy, too? Oh, yeah. yeah. Got a Beatles tattoo. Do you? Yeah. What is it? It's uh well across the across little universe. bad radio for the yeah. folks. That's okay, sorry, yeah, it's good. It's okay. uh the new remake uh the movie across the universe. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. So it's the like the album cover, like hmm. the movie cover. Uh, nice strawberry. Nice. So it's a painting of a strawberry that represents Strawberry Fields, a Beatles song. I love it. Have you ever been to Strawberry Fields in New York? Oh, okay. Is that the one where it's like in Central John Park? There? Died or something? No, it, well, there's a park where so there's the Imagine right. thing in, in yeah. which I've been to. But then there's the actual. Strawberry Fields portion of like Central Park. Mm, nice. Are there strawberries there? No. Oh, okay. No, it's just a big rock. Um, <laughs> I wonder if I had to like just walk by things. I've been down it's, there. A dude, bunch, Central but... Park is what, Central Park is such a mess and it's so big and it's like I I'll walk through Central Park sometimes. I'm like I don't know where I'm going. I have no <laughs> idea. I'm, I don't even know if I'm going uptown anymore or downtown. Right. Oh, I miss New York sometimes. Yeah, it's beautiful though. <laughs> I used to go down a lot. It was it was great. I miss it sometimes. When I have money, I miss it. When I'm broke, I'm like no, I'm fine. I'm right. <laughs> uh, give me one book. Album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. I know you already told me the Jim Carrey thing. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that's tough because I just work twenty four seven. It mm. seems the oh, only I do sleep. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so uh, the uh, show I'm currently watching uh, probably Shameless. Shameless, it's a great show. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I watched the first couple seasons when it was on Showtime. Nice. I definitely wasn't illegally pirating those episodes. Oh yeah, I, I, still I would do. never. Oh, I, mean, I mean, I still don't. Of course Wait, not. Why would no. you? No, everything is <laughs> fine now. Uh, I really like that show. My big issue that I had with it when I first started watching it was I couldn't tell if it was a comedy or a drama. Yeah, like, it's I was like, a little bit of both. A little bit of it's both. Like far-fetched uh, yeah. drama, but like which makes it kind of fun. But I loved all the characters so much that like even when, like they I couldn't quite figure that out initially. I, I I went through it. It was solid. I dug that show. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, if you could have dinner 
with one person, living or dead, who is not your family. Oh, not family. Not your family. Oh, who man. would it be and why? Oh, jeez. I you know, know what? That. Yeah, that not family thing threw me off. Throws everybody off is my favorite question. <laughs> Uh, wait, living? Living or dead. It could be oh, yeah. anybody, as long as they're not your family. Oh, well, that's easy. Mm. My wife, Nicole. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. She's your family now, technically. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's just getting points. That. I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'll give you, we'll move on to the last one if you think of one before we leave. We'll do that. Uh, Gavin, besides, obviously, film, uh, besides taking in stray cats, obviously. <laughs> Community, <laughs> besides family, your wife, your new home, your house. Give me something, uh, one more thing that you, Gavin Law, are passionate about uh, well, besides friends and family, uh, camping, being outdoors, really? outdoorsman, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, just cause I grew up in Remsen and um, just love being outside all the you time. You got a camper or anything? Or you just go out with like yeah. Tents so and stuff? a couple of years ago, uh, Nicole and I got a camper that oh, we nice. towed behind my pickup truck and uh, go all over New York State. Luckily, with my job, I could work from wherever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, for the past couple of years, all summer, and she has it off because she's on the teacher's schedule. Um, we've been able to go all over like. Yeah, yeah. The teacher schedule is all right. Let me tell you, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, just camping and being outdoors. Yeah, and I want to thank you for coming in. It's a real pleasure. Uh, Best of luck going forward. I'm looking forward to seeing more work, looking forward to return of On the Couch, looking forward to seeing more Upstate Film Co. type stuff. Uh, UpstateFilmCo.com, UpstateFilmCompany.com. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's always been a lot of fun. It's been fun. I haven't seen you in a while. It's been a long time. Yeah. Folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. I'm trying to think. Definitely in the past, there's been times where, like, when I was first doing the shows with Dano and, and Adam back in New York, there were definitely times when we, like, lost whole shows. Do you know what I mean? Like, they would just, okay. they'd just get lost to the world, and that's like, well, that was two hours, three hours of our time just totally <laughs> gone back. forever. Yeah. Uh, we've been pretty lucky, for the most part, with all of that. Uh, as I say, I hope I don't jinx us by saying that. I'm going to... Knock on wood. Oh, we're back. Oh, Thanks. we're recording. Yeah, we're recording. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we're back once again. Thank you again to Gavin Law. Always nice to talk to Gavin. It's always a pleasure. Again, I, I, I forget how many things we did growing up that Gavin was around for, right? Like, just miscellaneous things, like parties and shows and just venues and places. Nice to see him. Good guy. All right. I'm going to power through some of these history lessons because we actually have a lot of other things I'd like to talk how about. How many are there? Only four. Just oh, four. Oh, it looks like... No, I have a lot of, okay. uh, of notes. Prints a lot of paper. I my heart the, you know what? Actually, it's funny. I uh, printed out a lot of stuff during my vacation week like as non-time-sensitive stuff. So a lot of this is still the stuff that I'm burning through that I like talking oh. about. So. Oh, oh, oh great. <laughs> On this day, January 9th, 1768... Uh, Englishman Philip Astley staged the first modern circus in the world. Uh, track, uh, trick riders, acrobats, clowns, trained animals, and other familiar components of the circus existed throughout recorded history, but it wasn't until the late 18th century that the modern spectacle of the circus was born. 
How are your thoughts on the circus, guys? You like the, cir- you like the circus? When I was little, but not anymore. I won't go to a circus. Well, I don't. It has think, animals. There's not really any around anymore, are there? Like, I feel like a lot of them close. Like the Ringdom, like the Ringling Brothers is gone now, isn't it? I'm a little detached from reality in the last year, so maybe I haven't. Seen well, you know what happened to circuses? They got Cirque du Soleil like ran regular circuses out of town. Yeah. Like people love that. Plus, it's like a disgusting tent in a horrible parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> like a horrible parking lot with abused animals and mean clowns. That's <laughs> like, true. When you're little, so yeah, you think about way, it when you're little, but like, I Why mean, did our parents bring us to these Because things? our parents weren't as soft as modern parents <laughs> and they had less <laughs> options. They couldn't just park us in front of a tablet, so they'd take us up to the parking lot at Riverside Mall <laughs> and pay five bucks to go into a tent and get yelled at by clowns. When we, got, when we got older, a bunch too, of like, drunk acrobats. <laughs> a lot of the circus stuff was less like like I remember one time going to the circus when I was a kid and it was just a guy on a motorcycle going around, around a, a little cage circle it was so stupid I was like this is where's the tigers man I'm like I, now I feel bad for the tigers because they seem depressed well they are <laughs> it's probably because they had to go to so many circuses I know. it means two things um, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, also I, I don't know. I'm impressed by the Circus Soleil people. Like I think that's, yeah, that's crazy and awesome. impressive. I don't know if I need to watch three hours. Of Cirque no, Soleil. I don't want to go. I just, just want to watch. Bits of it. I'd feel bad about myself after a while. I'm like, oh my god. Would you? No, yes. if it was like at a bar or something where you could drink and come and just watch. I think and you walk can drink out. at the circus. I don't think you can. I, it's, yeah, it's, it's like broad, Disneyland. But I think it's like walk, I could leave the room. I don't want to sit there and just, I don't know. <laughs> too much. <laughs> okay, you move past the circus. <laughs> On this day, January 9th, 1976, uh, Sylvester Stallone began filming uh, the classic movie Rocky. Uh, he was born in Hell's Kitchen in New York City. He was a juvenile delinquent, kicked out of school for uh, when he was 15. Uh, he dreamed of becoming an actor. When the idea of Rocky came to him, he was living in a seedy apartment in Hollywood with his wife and dog. He wrote the entire Rocky script in three and a half days, which is kind of crazy. And it shows. <laughs> you know, I, thought, I will go into things and watch all of them, though. Sometimes I'll go into a Rocky kick and watch all of them. The first Rocky movie is actually a very nuanced, interesting movie. Like, it's really well made. I like uh, that. Rocky 2 is, like, not so good. I prefer Rocky 4. <laughs> okay, so if we're ranking them for entertainment value, I go 3, 4, Creed, if you want to count that with Michael B. Jones. No, no, no. That movie's awesome. It's not even a Rocky movie. It's Creed. He's in the movie. It's Rocky. But the movie is specifically called Creed, not Rocky. So let me say, three, four, three, four, one, two, five. Of course, A Bug's Life. Three, four, one, two, five. That's my call, because I like Mr. T and Hulk Hogan in number three. Oh, five is all right. Yeah, five is good. Five is all right. Five is all right. Five is unfairly maligned. When he punches that dude, he looks like Johnny Cochran. In the end, he's like, "Punch me and I'll sue." And then Stallone like, "Like yeah, sue me for what?" And then he like, hits him in the yeah, head. It's full redemption. It's full circle. Um, it's beautiful. Uh, so Rocky was shot in 28 days on a one million dollar budget, and it was and it shows. And it was divided by critics uh, when it came out, but it was a sleeper hit. Uh, making Stallone, who got 10% of the gross, a rich man and a bona fide star. Uh, it was also, this is kind of cool for all you film nerds out there, it was also the first feature length... Both of you guys, listen. Both of you guys, <laughs> me, me, TK, and Justin. Uh, uh, it was the first feature-length movie to employ the Steadicam, which was used primarily in the fight scenes and the scenes of Rocky running in Philadelphia, Philadelphia during his training. Uh, Steadicams are pretty ubiquitous, <laughs> like in a lot of... That is actually interesting. That is cool, right? <laughs> See, it's not bad. Ooh, this one's going to hurt. This one's going to hurt me deeply. 
Listen, uh, for all you Bills fans out there, Ooh. it was a tough one Let's this weekend. It. it was a tough one this weekend. Uh, but hey. They were who we thought they were. <laughs> we, they, definitely were we, they definitely were who we thought they were, and the Jaguars did not let them off the hook. And that's okay. They tried. The ja- that, I read a review of that. <laughs> <You're getting laughs> <tired. laughs> I, I read a review of that game. They shifted <laughs> the sixth gear. And it was like, it wasn't even like a funny like Deadspin or Bill Simmons review of it. It was like an AP review. It was like, in a football game that was rough and sometimes unwatchable, and I was like, "Yeah, no <laughs> shit." Pretty much, it was pretty bad. Uh, really tough to watch, uh, but somehow it's all it's all karma because on this day, January eighth, two thousand, uh, in the American Football Conference Wild Card matchup, the last time the Bills were in the playoffs against the Tennessee Titans, they fell victim to the play known as the Music City Miracle. Do you know what that was, Heather? Mm. Sorry. Yes. So, uh, I'll give you a quick history. This was the first time the Bills had made the playoffs this year in 18 years. Since this day, January 8th, 2000. Uh, The Bills were winning 16-13 to with 16 seconds left to play in the game. Uh, Kicker Steve Christie for the Bills made a short low kickoff. Lorenzo Neal caught the ball near the 25-yard line, and he handed it off to the worst person in the world, tight end Frank Wycheck, who spun and threw a terrible Forward pass that was incorrectly called a backwards pass. I'm still bitter, as you can tell. To receiver Kevin Dyson, who ran down the sidelines, completely fooling the Bills, rushing 70 yards into the end zone. Uh, a lot of people make fun of me as a Bills fan. They're like, oh, the Bills, uh, uh, boy, I love losing Super Bowls. Right? And, and rightfully so. Right, and I get it. <laughs> but here's the thing. you got to understand, I was born in 1986. Right, so when people are like, "Oh, those Bills—they lost all the Super Bowls," I'm like, "Yo, I was seven. I did not care about football. I cared about like the Power Rangers, right? Like, I didn't. Those early Bills so you losses. You just went into liking a bad team, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I. Here's what it was: my family was all Giants fans, and I just would get forced to watch Giants games all the time as a kid. And I was just like, I don't like this team. They're very bland. I don't like their jerseys. I don't like their logo. They're just very like corporate looking. And the Bills had, like, a sad sack, lovable loser kind of vibe that I just sort of appreciated when I was younger. No way. It was a front-runner vibe. They won four Super Bowls. <laughs> they were in four Super Bowls, not one. I was going to say. But this moment for me, uh, January 8th, 2000, this was the... When people think of, like, the Bills are, like, a crummy team, this is the moment that I think of as a Bills fan. Like, the first Thanks. time that the Bills broke my heart. I remember watching that. I remember watching it with uh, a friend of a dear friend of ours who was a great Bills fan over at uh, another friend's house, and we were laughing. Oh, oh we were laughing so hard as we watched his <sighs> whole Man. world crumble. It was tough. That was back in, like, eighth, ninth grade, like, when you care. You know what I mean? That's like, true. when you really would it still mean something. Can I be honest? I did not care that the Bills no, you lost knew. this game. I was, uh, I would have been more excited. I would have been excited if they won, but I was not disappointed when they lost because I was like, okay. Because, uh, again, they weren't very good this year. All right, let's move on from that. It's the end of the Bills. And uh, last but not least, we talk about this a lot, so I'll just skip really quick past. On this day, uh, January 9th, 2007, uh, Apple Incorporated CEO Steve Jobs unveils the iPhone at the Macworld Convention in San Francisco, calling it a revolutionary and magical product that is literally five years ahead of any other mobile phone. By November of that year, the iPhone had sold 1.4 million units and had been named the invention of the year. I show this video of, like, Steve Jobs at this, giving this announcement to my kids all the time, like, whenever they talk about it, and they think it's the funniest thing ever. Like, just watching people just being like, what if you had no buttons on your phone? And they're like, oh! I used to sell cell phones then, so that was, like, a big deal. (laughs) Such a big deal. Oh, yeah, you couldn't get them, I feel like. it was was hard possible for my store to get them. 
Kev, you're a notorious Apple hater. Uh, was there ever a time that you were in on Apple products? I, man, I had an iPhone. So, like, when and did I you jump off made, the iPhone? I wasn't a big Apple fan when I had the iPhone. Mm. I didn't like the iPhone that much. Um, I had it after another Android phone, but I had an iPod that I thought worked great. They make great laptops, great computers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't really know that it counts as jumped off. Uh, yeah, I just I, I wasn't as impressed with the iPhone. I felt very limited and restricted, yeah. as I said about all the time. Like they make nice phones for a lot of people, it just wasn't for me. And that's actually a very common. Uh, it's a very common thing. As a matter of fact, today one of my uh, coworkers came into my room this morning and handed me her iPhone charger and says, "I bought a Samsung Galaxy. You can have this." And I said, "Whoa." Yeah, it's a big moment. With Samsung Galaxy running the same thing that charges everything, charges that USB speaker, everything else. If iPhone would give me micro SD card, detachable battery, universal charger, they can have my money forever. Mm. That's fine. A detachable battery would be nice. That would be nice. And the yeah, the memory card thing is a little like that's that's like an obvious money suck, right? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, you buy a 16 gig iPhone. If you do the same with the Samsung, you're gonna expand to 256 gigs for 24 dollars. You should sell cell phones. What? You should sell Eh. cell phones. Seems like Samsung a Samsung plug here. I mean, well, I'll tell you what I hate about them, too. I think all these companies oh. are disgusting. No. Dude, let me, can I tell you what, though? I went in to get my new cell phone, and the guy who helped me, he was very nice. But, man, that's a rough job. I'm yeah. glad I got it. Dude, I don't know. Everybody I know who's ever worked selling cell phones yeah, says they're happy to be done. I did it done. for 15 years. So. It's like, mm-hmm. like, I don't, like, not for nothing. I was going in there to buy something. You did not need to hard sell me. I was obviously there to get something. It's so, it's... Like, I can't explain you the training that you have to go yeah, through and what they brutal. expect from you and the numbers. And mm-hmm. It is brutal. That's oh, wild. Um, but yeah, uh, I will say though, you know, regardless of how you feel about Apple and their products, the iPhone did help turn Apple uh, into one of the planet's most valuable companies. Uh, five years later, in 2012, they had been more than 200 million sold. And along with the Macintosh, like personal computers and the iPod, a lot of these things are like everyday items you see all the time now. So. And it's funny to think that up until, like, this time, like, I think, when I was growing up, Apple was kind of, like, considered the third computer, yeah, right? It like, it was, like, like, you had a PC, and like, your Mac was for, like, weirdos, yeah. right? Not, not weirdos, it's kind of a mean thing No, to say, no, but... it was the odd people, like my husband. Yeah. <laughs> like your husband, <laughs> Chad Zach. All right, that's it. That's all our history lessons for this week. Um, let's see. <coughs> what do you guys know about the concept of cuffing season? I know all about it. Remember we talked about it last cuffing season on the show. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about it. You don't know about it? Not cuffing? Cuffing. C-U-F-F-I-N-G. I know. You don't need to give me sign language. You said be harder on you, so I don't want to say it out loud. Oh, I need to talk louder. Yeah, yeah. You're uh, just quiet. That's all. I don't know. You, what, what did you think you making some sort of I probably cuffing. know and I don't know, but just say it. Uh, cuffing season, uh, according to Match.com, is peak online uh, dating season no, as well. I don't know that. Uh, from late <laughs> December through Valentine's Day, it's the busiest time of the year uh, for dating apps and sites. Uh, called cuffing season as a nod to the idea that people want to find a serious relationship during those cold months. I'm not trying to go out and hang out in the cold and meet people. <laughs> just want to stay home, Netflix, and chill. I get it. Uh, but really, a lot of this is uh, this article I was reading about talks more about people's changing attitudes toward like online dating sites. And actually, there's been a huge increase in the percentage of American adults who say that online dating is a good way to meet people. Let me ask you guys. Heather, you're married, so I guess you don't have well, as I much... I pretend if I'm not. Yeah. What is it? Kev, I don't know how your thoughts are on online dating, but do you feel like you see more of it now? Um, I've never really used online dating. It's never quite... I mean, unless, you know, 
you can like you can develop like talking to people over like social media platforms like even back in the day like instant messenger and like when you meet somebody and you get like their screen name and you would talk to them right if that counts that counts but as far as like the match.coms and the tinders and hmm. stuff like that um i never have myself but i will say i guess it does seem like more people talk about it there used to be a stigma like 10 years ago i think people were like oh like, yeah this, you didn't want anyone to know you this, signed up for this an account. weirdo with online yes. dating and now people are like, yeah like, you know yeah. it's yeah going home and checking my so that must mean that it's become more accepted you know even I, if i don't see a difference in my life i laugh about it all the time i have like a a, a tinder account and yeah. my one line is always my one like bio line is i'm just gonna tell people we met at a bookstore like that's that's for years and that's just like because it did seem like something like i don't want to tell people that i met somebody online but i don't i don't i think that is changing it does seem that's, that's yeah, the definitely case. changing uh and a matter of fact, it's gotten to a way where a lot of people think it's strange to meet somebody now without sort of having some sort of connection to them first beforehand, right? That's weird. That seems weird. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like, it seems like it, there's a lot of people who don't feel like you get as much going for you if you just walk up to people in bars or in public right. anymore. A lot of like, you especially do, younger daters, right? Yeah. It's because they don't, because you have to learn. Because you have to actually socialize. Like that's, that's, Sorry that you have to actually. For the majority of people, that doesn't come naturally. You have to learn how to be a person who's comfortable mm. like meeting people in public. But I want you to learn how to. Your life is certainly much. I would easier. much rather meet somebody in public than have to meet them online. Well, there's and that's a, there's a reason you know I've never used like online dating because you learn how to talk to people. Yeah. You know. I just want to. Well, one of the things they talk about it is it's sort of negative because it builds up this concept of treating people like commodities. You start to do this word that they came up, which was like. Um, relation shopping right you start looking around at very specific like things mm-hmm. like oh, well this person might be nice but i don't know anything about him besides what this picture shows me and i'm like eh, okay whatever right yeah. and you start treating people as less of relationships that can be built and more like well it seems all right but i don't like this dress so i'm just gonna mm-hmm. say swipe to the left or whatever. i mean or whatever yeah, no. it is right okay that's it so i want to talk about with cuffing season you guys want to talk about some science always ready yeah. for science let's do it this is a good one, actually. I probably should have led with this story. Uh, have you guys read about the ancient human remains uh, that they found earlier this week? Yes, I have. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm detached again from everything, so I didn't hear anything. See it. This is from January 3rd. I got this out of NPR. Uh, in Alaska, scientists have uncovered something they say is remarkable. The remains of two infants dating back more than 11,000 years. Their discovery is evidence of the earliest wave of migration into the Americas. Uh, this is a quote from Ben Potter. He's an archaeologist at the University of Alaska. It's incredibly rare. We only have a handful of human remains that are this old in the entire Western Hemisphere. I don't know if you all think this is cool. I no, thought it, it is was cool. cool. I love it. And I think one of the things I find interesting about this is people have this note. And again, I'm a history major, so I spend a lot of time thinking about nonsense like this. People have this idea that history is very concrete. Like the history you read in the books is like what's in there and that's mm-hmm. it. But even history of the past and like what we know about where we came from and the things before us changes all the time. Yep. We just don't always think about it the same way as we think about what's taught to us when we're growing up, right? Like, there are new discoveries taking place all the time that may totally shift the way we think about where... Like the dinosaur that was half duck. Did you see that? No, what is that? No, I, how did I not see that? That was like two or three weeks ago. No, I'm going to have to look this up now. Yes, please. It's half dinosaur and the upper half was like a duck, just hmm. like a duck. Story. Look it up. Uh, here's another science one. This one's more about exercise. This is for all you New Year's resolution folks out here. Uh-huh. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this before. Uh, evidence has been accumulating for the past few years that while it's great for your health, uh, exercise does little to nothing to help you lose weight. Do you buy into this, or do you think it makes any sense? I do because a lot of people exercise but eat terribly, and they're like, and they don't lose any weight, and they don't. 
food is huge on your diet, and mm. if you're exercising, you need to eat right too. So. Well, you're spot on. This was sort of the analogy that was made here. Uh, your food intake accounts for like 100% of the energy uh, that goes into your body. But exercise only burns off 10 to 30% of what you do. Like your basic metabolism does the other 60, and digesting food accounts for like 10 of it. So even if you like are running and doing all this stuff and working out, you're really only taking 10 to 30% of what you take in away from you. You're still never going to outmatch the, the intake. I know you, I see people like, oh, I worked out today, so I'm going to eat this giant brownie Sunday. And I'm like, well, what, what's the yes. point? Like, yeah, yeah. stop working out. That's all the personal trainer people I know, people I work, that I know that work out all the time, all, there's a saying they always say that basically gets this point across. They say you can't outrun a bad diet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like no matter how much you go running, if you're eating like a garbage disposal, it's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, matter of fact, here's a quote this guy said here. You can work hard on this machine for an hour, and that work can be erased with five minutes of eating. Single slice okay. of pizza, uh, cafe mocha, ice cream cone, whatever it is. You know, that just, just like that. It's crazy. Which is something I actually used to do when I was like in my uh, college working out yeah. at the gym day. I was just like, oh, I just worked out. I'm, I'm going to go on the street and eat three street hot dogs and maybe a gyro. No big deal. I just worked out, though. <laughs> Extra white sauce. Extra white and red sauce. Get it hot. Like <laughs> it's spicy. Um, all right. <laughs> Yeah, right now. <laughs> he really got into Turned that. To Tony he got Danza. really. He got like, really into it. Like, Angela, I like. Just kept going. Oh, Angela, I like my spicy gyro. All right, let's move on. Um, let's. And then just spit coffee over the house. All right, so I wanted to talk about this. This is again. This is from last week, but I wanted to talk about it. What do you guys think about how soft all these people in Oregon are about being sad that they have to pump their own gas? Oh, Oregon. my God. <laughs> there, it's, some, it's something else. This world. We, we're so privileged in our country. That I don't think they even understand. It's cra- but it's crazy, though, because you think about it. like These people, if you're 50 years old and you've never pumped your own gas, you're like, what? it's just crazy to think, like, that. I mean, that's entirely possible that you've lived that whole way, and it's funny how they think it's some, like, mystical, like, trick <laughs> that's hard to do. Like, you need qualified professionals doing it it's like no you'll be okay no, you'll be fine I'll go up the gas I was seven <laughs> a woman on the local radio station specifically some of the quotes <laughs> I don't even know how to pump gas and I'm 62 native Oregonian native Oregonian I say no thanks I don't like to smell like gasoline <laughs> It's okay. a good point. So don't spray it on yourself. <laughs> I know. It's not here's that hard. An, here's another one. I lived in this state all my life, and I refuse to pump my okay, gas. Okay, we'll stay home. <laughs> this is a service only qualified people should perform. I will literally park at the pump and wait until someone pumps my gas. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I want to see that guy set a yeah, pump. Yeah, go ahead and set your pump. Stay <laughs> really in the car. I would love to watch so, What's lost in all of this, like, jokes and These humor, aren't people with petroleum engineering degrees out here <laughs> pumping your gas. Like, I don't know what these guys think. I just, what I'm saying, the thing that they're not, that they're losing about this whole thing is it doesn't actually get rid of full-service gasoline stations. It just gives you the option yeah. to do it if you want to. So I don't understand why people were so upset in the first place. Because it makes a snappy internet headline. It's a false outrage machine. Hey, speaking We're of... We're talking uh, about it. That's true. <laughs> it worked. All right, so here's one. Uh, our good friend Steve is in the green room, so he'll be very excited that I'm going to talk about his favorite artist, Taylor Swift, for a moment. Have you read about Taylor Swift? she liked that... Oh, go ahead. No, no, what were you going to say? You have a different one? I think one? that where she liked that Logan guy's... Um... Oh, did she like Logan Paul? Yeah, she said that she thought he was just being funny. We were not going to talk about Logan Paul because I felt like everything yeah, has been said about it. Thank you, that's good. <laughs> no, but I was disturbed that she thought that that was... 
She's okay. a, she's one of these young millennials. These young millennials like YouTube. Look, I, I, I can I tell you, I was at a family dinner on Sunday, and I brought up the Logan Paul story to my parents, and my niece and nephew knew exactly what I was talking about, and they were disconcerted. They were they're upset. Oh, that makes they're me like, happy. I don't like Logan Paul anymore. He's the worst. I'm like, mm, that yeah, makes right, that makes me think that you like him. No, <laughs> that no. makes me think you're lying to me. And what do we got, in Taylor? Uh, though. Oh, so Taylor, so uh, Taylor can't sell no tickets. <laughs> no, this is from. Um, this is an update. Last September, uh, Taylor had got drawn back into court over the lyrics to her 2014 smash hit, Shake It Off. Uh, the lyrics in question came from songwriters Sean Hall and Nathan Butler, who claimed that Swift ripped off the lyrics to 3LW's Play Is Gonna Play, which they wrote with uh, Shake It Off's chorus, which posits that players are going to play, 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 and haters are going to hate, 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 hate as is they do. So this is all fine and well. But I thought this was really funny. Taylor Swift's lawyers' arguments to their attorneys to make their point are really specific and in-depth, okay? What they're arguing is, quote, it's impossible for Hall and Butler to have copyrighted lyrical concepts like players gonna play and haters gonna hate because the very existence of said players and haters implies that there's playing and hating to be done. They had a really it's creative on thunderous legal argument. <laughs> it's an amazing <laughs> argument. It's unbelievable. I wonder what they thought when they heard that. Like oh. everyone just tilt their head a little and just. Oh. It's it's wild. Like they're just basically yeah. saying you can't copyright the idea of play is playing and hate is hating. Because if they're a player, then they're going to be playing. And if they're 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 players hate, they're players are going to play. Uh, they, what a time to be alive. <laughs> the authors of this request went so far as to cite several instances of those who hate and those who play in popular music. Music, <laughs> including Fleetwood Mac's song Dreams, because players only love you when they're playing, uh, and the notorious B.I.G.'s Play a Hater. So, um, <laughs> I liked the way that the... I mean, they got creative on that. They... they... I thought the the, art, the guy who wrote this article did a good job. The judge has yet to rule on the motion to dismiss, probably because they're some sort of hater or player. <laughs> so... Really earning that hourly billing. Oh. Uh, I'm not going to dig into this story because it's uh, longer than I want it to be, but uh, there's a new craze going around. It's a Silicon Valley thing. It's a new fad. It's untreated, unfiltered, raw water. This. What do you know about raw water? All the stuff. Well, it's, first of all, it's silly because, it, because this we have water. And these millennials are so crazy because we have, it's like people don't want to vaccinate. But it's like, you're, we have water that's filtered and healthy for you, and now you're like, I just want to have raw water. And it's, there is this... Making money off fools and idiots. I know, but there are germs, and there's not... It's, you could get sick from that. There is this concept raw that water. goes around now that basically any sort of natural thing is inherently better for you than any sort of, like, chemical thing. And that's well, not inherently I, true no. in all cases. <laughs> Drinking untreated spring water is not very good no, for you. it can get really sick. I thought this was, I'll give you this one quote, I thought it was funny. It was this guy, Kevin Freeman, who is a shift manager at a store that sells a two and a half gallon bottle of raw water that they sell for $36.99. Two and a half gallons for $37. He says, it has a vaguely mild sweetness, a nice smooth mouthfeel, nothing that overwhelms the flavor palette. Um, The mouthfeel they're talking about is uh, uh, is G-I-A-R-D-I-A. 
Jardia, Jardia, and the flavor they're talking about is dysentery. Those are the flavors you're talking about in your untreated spring water. Even when you're out in the hiking and stuff, we bring a water filter with us. Yes. If we have to drink water, that's out there because you can get really hmm. sick from it. Got to chill with this pseudoscience. I and I want to close with this one really quickly. Um, I have a new hero. He is an astronaut who passed away earlier today. His name is John Young. Uh, John Young is one of the most celebrated astronauts in the history of the American space uh, space flight. He uh, passed away today, 87. Uh, he flew on the Gemini missions. He piloted the space shuttle. He's one of only three people who's ever been on the moon on more than two separate occasions. Cool thing to say. <laughs> However, this is the part that I related to because it makes me think about his everyman status. Uh, he is also the first man to get yelled at by Congress for smuggling a corned beef sandwich into outer space. Uh, the inciting incident in question occurred on March 23rd, 1965, when Young and his fellow astronaut Gus Grissom were orbiting Earth as part of the Gemini 3 missions. The duo was meant in part to be treat, uh, testing how astronauts might be able to eat in space. Hence, Grissom's slight surprise when his co-pilot suddenly pulled an unauthorized corned beef sandwich <laughs> out of his pocket. Um... Members of the Congress were incensed at the thought that Young had ignored all of his very expensive space food in favor of deli takeout and ended up settling an appropriations committee meeting to question NASA Administrator George Miller about the events. Thus, the immortal congressional line, we have taken steps to prevent reoccurrences of corned beef sandwiches in future flights. It's a real it's thing. Like a check on everybody now, like check their pockets, astronauts who. Yeah. Back in Congress, used to be Congress. Good times. Yeah. This sounds they don't like. They care about NASA now. This sounds yeah. like the rage of a bunch of congressmen from flyover states who don't understand the difference. Who've never had real deli meat in their lives. It's true. That's what this sounds like to me. Now I feel bad sharing this story a little bit because John Young, on his side of this is very annoyed, was annoyed over the course of his career that this incident sort of overshadowed his career. You gotta lean into it. No, you gotta lean into it. You should have t-shirts made, you should have bumper stickers. It's an amazing story. <laughs> hey, you know who died this week? Jerry Van Dyke died this week. Yeah. I saw that. Mm-hmm. that was a shame. I like Jerry Van Dyke. Yeah, my mom loved that show. Was it Coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, loved that show. Before we close out, though, uh, I do want to spring one quick last segment on you, Kevin. Uh, quick, Kevin, oh, I love it. A little quick Kevin responds. Uh, I saw this today. We talked a little bit about music earlier. We're going to talk about it again. Mm. Lana Del Rey today is saying that Radiohead is suing over song similarities for her new single to the song Creep. Have you heard about this today? Yes. Do you have any thoughts about this? You read up on it, or do you need me to give you backgrounds here? No, no, I, I got you on all of it. Um, I mean, she did, so <laughs> these things happen. Um, it's it's real similar. Um I think that that guy, Sam Smith, got a bad rap when he got um, in trouble for taking the... They said they took Tom Petty's Won't Back Down. Yeah, I know I feel like this is closer than that, so if that judgment went that way, then I guess this one's got to go the way it's got to go. I don't like these kind of lawsuits. Neither do I. But I think also, at a certain point, you have to do them to kind of set precedent, because if you don't stand up and say something, where do you draw the line? Because then it becomes, well, you let it go... This, 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 and this time. Why is it a problem now? You know what I mean? And then you turn into you basically a nightmare we have with TV and movies now where people are trying to reboot classic albums. Now, Some band in 20 years is like, oh, we're going to do an OK Computer reboot. No, we're not having that. You know what I mean? Now, I love Radiohead. One of my favorite bands of all time, Kevin. You feel the same way. I have to admit, the optics on this are not great because Radiohead already shares song credits and royalties on the song Creep to Albert Hammond and Mike Hazelwood because of the similarities of the song to the Holly song. song. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, we got sued for this. 
and now we give royalties to somebody else, but we're gonna sue you for the song that we got sued for. And see, it's a bad, it's bad. It's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. We got sued, you get sued too. <laughs> if we gotta pay royalties to the Hollies, you can pay royalties to the Hollies. Let's get creative on your uh, own. <laughs> yeah, so Ed, Sh- Ed Shireen settled out of court for something like this earlier this year uh, with somebody else. Uh, happened with Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams for that Marvin Gaye one, which really annoyed me because I didn't, I didn't see it. That, really, that blurred lines one I thought was was pretty. Ticky tack. I didn't uh, like it. I don't know, man. That was I, that felt like that one was a lot more spot on than the Sam Smith and Tom Petty thing. I think the big problem is that Robin Thicke went in there like a total asshole from everything I've read about it, and probably it like, yeah. And it really didn't help him when he was trying to make his case. And people were like, "Yeah, but you're a jerk." Well, he <laughs> also you're talking you're talking about a song that was like the biggest song in the country too, so it's got That's a lot true. more eyes on it, a lot more optics. But I think the Tom Petty thing made me mad, and he sued Sam Smith because. I felt like he only had half a case. The melody was pretty same, but like mm. the rest of the song, the vibe were different. But he didn't say anything when it was the Chili Peppers. And they did the song Danny California that's literally just Last Dance with Mary Jane and then Jimi Hendrix is the guitar solo. Yeah. And the Chili Peppers stole it. People didn't care. So it's like you're only going to get mad at artists that you deem as, uh, you're going to pick and choose. Yeah. Either enforce it or don't. Well, it's funny, we watched that Vox video today with the da- like the nine artists that sample all the David Bowie music, and Bowie, it seemed like, was totally like down for... like it's part of Bowie's vibe, but also if you're going to sample it and say, hey, look, we sampled this, you know yeah, what I mean? True. Because they ended up suing Vanilla Ice because he did sample it, didn't give him the credit and tried to say it wasn't, you know what I mean? So Vanilla Ice. Should we start suing other podcasts for... Well, yeah, I, I think like 10. Let's start <laughs> slapping injunctions around left and right. <laughs> Slap some of the injunctions make a courtroom spin. I love it. Folks. Fill up the docket. Thanks, thanks for joining us again. Prosecute. Episode 133. Uh, again, uh, send us your questions for Assemblymember Dissy. He'll be in on Thursday. I'll let everyone know on Twitter. Follow Heather at uh, HeatherWaz1. Follow Kevin underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me, SF Doom. Or just follow the show at Uticast. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, MaidenUtica.com, Uticast.com for all current or back episodes. Go to Facebook.com backslash MaidenUtica. Get ready for Do It For Utica weekend, January 27th, Saturday, 12 to 4 p.m. It's going to be dope. Uh, Cyanar humanoids, uh, keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Heather's awkwarded out by all my weird sayings. And we it's only one. Only one. Keep it tight. We'll see you next week.